Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day in America, approximately 22 veterans, first responders, or crime victims commit suicide. That number is a staggering amount and constantly increasing. Get involved in offering solutions to the men and women who so bravely take an oath to protect and serve the lives of Americans. Now, a word from our sponsors and then our host. The opinions and views expressed on this show do not reflect those of our guests. Houses for Warriors' mission is to improve the quality of life of our homeless and injured military veterans through housing and other resources. As licensed general contractors, Houses for Warriors provide quality construction and home remodeling services to the public with 100% of the profits supporting their warrior programs. They provide injured veterans with free major home renovations to meet their disability needs, including special adaptive and accessibility upgrades. Veterans who are struggling financially are in need of essential home repairs can also receive these major repairs at zero cost to the warriors. America, in 2020, over 40,000 veterans were experiencing homelessness. Houses for Warriors wants to reduce that number. We are a hand up, not another handout. If you want to get involved, donate, or just want to learn more about their programs, contact Houses for Warriors at area code 303-357-1518. That's area code 303-357-1518. Or visit them online at housesforwarriors.org. Hello, and welcome to Crisis in America. I'm Mike Brown, Colonel Mike Brown, United States Army, retired. And I'm here with my best friend, my battle buddy, and fellow host, Rick Brown. And tonight we have a special guest, Brian Johnson, who's a decorated combat veteran of the 911 era. You don't want to miss this story, folks. This is something you need to pay strictly attention to, to relate to those that have survived their demons, survived their battles, that war, unfortunately, war that which creates invisible wounds of the war. I'm talking about the mind. I'll introduce him shortly. First, I want to thank our listeners for your untiring support for our show, the KGRA radio team who puts this show on every Sunday between five and six. And for the God and his great grace that this show has been in its number one time slot over the last eight months. We thank you for that. You know, the great tragedy of individuals who die by suicide where they're currently serving today in our United States military or our veteran population is that they cannot at the moment believe there's a better solution. They lose hope. They lose faith from those that care about them so much, but they remain silent. You know, military service, especially during these last 20 years of war, can expose our fighting forces, as well as their families, to a variety of traumatic experiences. Now, for most people, the psychological consequences of such experiences will resolve themselves, sometimes rather quickly. But what we're seeing today, what we're seeing over the last 20 years, it is a slow ride for many people. For the most part, folks, the consequences of such experiences resolve quickly. I'm talking about the psychological consequences. 
But for today's generation, this 911 era, the consequences have proven to be prolonged and require. I stress this, this will be important today for the show. Require clinical treatment. You can't get through this alone, folks. Why? Why is this happening? Well, the military exposes a culture of toughness, which in many cases, America, discourages our military service members from seeking that mental health assistance they need, that clinical treatment I just talked about. They have a strong ethos of self-sufficiency. And I call it, and many people will call it, they have a warrior mentality, which is sometimes beneficial, but sometimes it's very consequential in a bad way. It's great for the battlefield, but overshadowing the idea of seeking help today, especially for mental health support, which embodies its own set of deep stigmas and stereotypes. Clinical treatment must be provided. You're gonna hear today from Brian Johnson about from service to crisis, from serving on the battlefields, serving at home, that service, and then when you make, and the warrior makes that commitment to either stay on active duty, reserve guard, or move on to the civilian life. Once you come off that battlefield, that's service. And what happens when you go into crisis? There's many things Brian Johnson's gonna talk about. See, this makes it particularly difficult for service members to seek help from the institution. You can't have these problems and not deal with them. With these institutions or social service organizations that are there for us. You know, one of the biggest issues, and this will be a key in our show today with Brian Johnson. One of the biggest issues we are seeing in America within our armed forces is when the service member is getting ready to make the transition from active duty guard reserve into civilian life. And they have a mental illness, whether they know it or not. The statistics show 87%, according to the Wounded Warrior Program's survey analysis released last year, that there's some form of physical or mental anguish within every service member. They're taking that as luggage when they go out into the civilian world. And if they don't unload that luggage, the consequences are huge. They're life-threatening. Not just impacting the service member, but their families and caregivers as well. Now, one of the most important aspects of suicide prevention among this population we're talking about here today, we're talking about people that are still on duty and those that are in veteran status, is to ensure that ongoing mental care, particularly in a time of this transition period. This is when the suicide is the highest. I, I can't say it any clearer. When suicide risk is higher, and there's no care or willing to get care, then you have a service to crisis issue going on. This is not happening today. For example, our service members and guards and veterans, like I said, getting the proper help they need. It's just not. They leave the service, they go home, they get their fanfare, their congratulations. I call it the hero's welcome. And they are heroes, by the way. And what they bring with them is this mental illness. 33% is documented right now with mental illness, specifically needing treatment. Now, they not may be alone because the statistics are a little higher than what they're usually reported. 
Wounded Warrior Project's outstanding survey of last year, 35,000 service members has raised that threefold almost. Now, multiple research studies have found a link between substance abuse and combat-related mental illness. We're going to talk about that today with Brian as well. And we know when it's left untreated, mental health disorders can directly lead to the involvement in the criminal justice system. And it's critical that we understand this, we scope it correctly, and we have opportunities to remedy the risk of suicide. Now I'm going to turn this show over for Rick Brown, our co-host on this show, to elaborate a little deeper on some of the things that are going on or not going on before we bring in Brian. Rick? Thanks, Mike. You know, our finest find themselves in mental crisis. And sometimes they believe at the moment there's no other solution. They lose hope. Everyone, they believe everyone who cares about them cannot help them. If you're listening and you're one of these people or you know somebody that's having problems, please, please, with all my heart, there's help. There's help for you. There's help for your buddy. There's help for your friends. Hope for you and do not believe for a second that nobody cares. This nation is in the middle of a revolution for our vets. Are you listening? There are so many out there that care. America loves our vets. Anyone that says the word vet and 10 people will stand. Our vets are highly respected, putting their lives on the line so that we continue to be the U.S. of A, the greatest nation ever thought of. Mike just talked about transition when suicide risk can be higher. It could be years before the paperwork is done and a vet has the percentage of disability needed to get care. I believe Mike told me 40% at one time, he can correct me later. And it might take years to get that. This takes a lot of time for multiple visits to VA facilities, talking with this person, talking with that person, talking with this doctor and that doctor and this nurse, you ask him, did you get my paperwork? Phone call after phone call. Don't you get tired of talking to computers? I just want to talk to a human when I call in. Then you hear, because of COVID-19, we are very busy, blah, 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 more blah. You guys know what I'm saying. One of the most important aspects of suicide prevention among service members and veterans, and please don't forget our first responders, our great police force across America. Pray for them tonight. Pray for our cities. We're about to go through some problems. You know, the access to ongoing mental health care is very difficult to find. Particularly during times of transition for our service members when suicide risk can be much higher. I know the colonel told me that he has not seen his doctor face to face since March 2020, and I bet you know why. COVID-19, huh? And I'm not playing down COVID, but daggone, he can't shut down the whole world. We still need help. 
You know, we keep an eye on the VA. We try to know as much as we can what's going on within the VA, all the new laws and everything. But mental health is not just a problem with our vets. Many people have mental health issues outside the veteran community and the military. The problem is access to good mental health clinics and doctors. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I know my county went two years without a psychiatrist. There, there just are not enough clinicians Mental health is a disease and should be taken serious, as serious as cancer, cardiac issues, and other major health problems. We have to wake up, America. You have a major shortage of mental health resources, especially in rural communities. There's no doubt that the lack of resources drastically increases suicide rate amongst all Americans. You hear politicians moving their lips. But action, an action that our legislatures must take, must be at all levels to reduce suicides. Do not just point your fingers at Washington. You're going to get results at the local and state level. That's who you need to point your fingers at. I want to remind our returning listeners and those tuning in for the first time that the purpose of this show is to continue to pound into the minds of America suicide awareness, education about mental health care, understanding the needs and changes and solutions of this epidemic plaguing our nation. We bring subject matter experts and special guests with experience in their respective fields on this show every week. You're gonna hear one in a few minutes. The local level, America, our guest, Brian Johnson, has an existing game-changing solution that should be modeled in every community across this great nation. Did you hear that? Great nation with mental health care that stinks. America, we're going to take a break for a new segment that we're going to have on weekly here on Crisis in America, PTSD, veteran suicide. This is important for us, and I hope you like this. It's with our former coach, as I call him, and our guest, Coach Lattimore Morgan. In life, you always believe that it's only you. You have to do it alone, but you don't have to. There are people there beside you, your left and your right lateral limits that guide you on a daily basis through life, through the struggle, through the hard times, over the obstacles. You just have to ask the question, would you please help me? Then, and only then, 
will people know that you're in need and that they can be that shoulder for you to lean on, to cry on, or just talk to. You are enough. Remember that, believe that, and always keep moving forward. For more motivational encouragement, go to morganlattimore.com or on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Coach Morgan Lattimore. And remember, you are enough. You just got to believe it. Wow, I needed that, Coach Morgan. Thank you for the inspiration and uplifting message. We all benefit from that, the people's coach. Now we are back with our show and our guest, Brian Johnson. And he's an Army veteran. He's a combat veteran. He's also uh, a prior law enforcement officer. And he's the founder and executive officer of Warriors Now, which we'll hear a little bit about that organization in a few when Brian talks. Brian is a national expert in managing services to crisis. Remember that word, service to crisis. Because of his leadership, he is doing his part and closing some of these gaps that myself and Rick have identified today. And as always, we say that you are making things happen at the national local level, focusing on results. Local impacts make state and national impacts. If we are going to reduce suicides in this country amongst our vets, it will take leaders like Brian, who you'll hear today, to get our policies, procedures, and practices implemented at what level? The local level. This is where the resources need to flow. Just a few blurbs on Warrior Now, of which Brian Johnson is the founder and executive officer of. It was founded as a way to eliminate the stigma associated with veterans dealing with mental health-related concerns, post-traumatic stress disorder, or substance abuse and addiction. Warrior Now connects veterans impacted by a mental health diagnosis, PTSD, or addiction to resources, offer them resources and mentorship through training and peer mentors, order for them to reintroduce our veterans to the journey of life. Welcome, Brian. Welcome to the show. Why don't you tell us about your life in the military? You have a unique experience. I know we've talked in the past on this. I think America needs to hear it. Over to you, Brian. Yeah, thanks for having me on and, and to talk about this stuff. This is a very passionate near and dear to my heart just because I am a two-time suicide attempt survivor. Um, you know, in the military, uh, that was just something that I always wanted to do. Uh, I, I believe that I'm a patriot, uh, and, and it's just kind of in my soul to to want to serve my community. And the first way that I was able to do that was through the military. I uh, graduated high school in uh, 2000, um, and I had a uh, a full ride ROTC scholarship uh, through uh, CU Boulder and also uh, over into um, uh, California for linguist. And I ended up dropping out of that at my parents' request. Uh, it was just something that they weren't really ready for. My, uh, my family's not really, doesn't have a lineage of, of military service. Um, and so it was, it was new. So I let them talk me out of it. 9-11 hit. And it just took me about a year after that. I, I had to, I had to just sign up. So I ended up going into, uh, the United States army. I signed up as a, uh, as a reservist, I went through basic training in, you know, Fort Leonard Wood, went over to Fort Jackson, where I became uh, certified or, or a mechanic by military standards. And then when I graduated from uh, Fort Jackson, they had that opportunity where you can sign just to go active duty. And that's what I really wanted to do. So I ended up signing eight months later, I got picked up. Uh, and yeah, I, I ended up going for about an 18 month tour uh, that included um, uh, Iraq for the majority of it. Uh, and and I, I just loved it. I was a wrecker operator. I was a part of the QRF uh, recovery team. I ended up doing over 187 missions. And uh, yeah, I just spent most of my time, you know, hooking disabled vehicles. Uh, I, I even towed an airplane at one point in time. 
um, just uh, all across the, the, the country of Iraq. I, I got back and uh, went back to being a reservist, uh, became a cop. Uh, and there was some little bit of overlap there between uh, my reserve time and my active duty time. Uh, and I, I served my local community uh, for about 12 years. During my time in the military, though, I ended up, you know, sustaining several injuries and um, uh, was ended up diagnosed with PTSD, some depression, uh, major anxiety. Uh, and it just took a couple of years and a couple of, uh, you know, prescriptions later for me to really figure that out. I also ended up having uh, several physical injuries, um, a very serious back injury, uh, all due to either, you know, IEDs or uh, I was a, a part of a couple of vehicle incidents, um, having to jump off of, you know, tall structures uh, when incoming rounds were coming, just, just some really weird ways to get injured, but I found, a, I found weird ways to do it. And then uh, that that stuff, those injuries really did get, catch up to me, uh, and I found myself uh, really enjoying the pain medication that I was on. Didn't have uh, any other way to kind of cope with all that stuff, and I ended out my military career just by uh, being non-promotable uh, due to my mental illness and addiction, and ultimately got my honorable discharge and uh, went back into the civilian sector, and, and that's kind of where the Warrior Now story really, really begins was that transition period. So let me understand, uh, man, you have brought in a wealth of personal, personal America. To Brian, I'm talking to right now of addiction, of suicide, of faithful and dedicated service, as well as brought in everything from what you have learned and created this nonprofit. Now, I do want to talk about post-traumatic stress disorder and, and remind folks that that's a disability order affecting military service members. And it is, unfortunately, you need to know the leading cause of suicide. Now, of those that seek treatment from PTSD, it's a very, very alarming statistics of those who survive and recover. Remember I told you before, some folks recover quickly, some are less slowly. What we're seeing is a middle, middle ground, for an example, that only 20 to 30% fully re recover when they go into an intervention program. It's true. We can debate it. You want to come on the show and debate that with us? We'll we'll debate it. But I don't think we can debate the fact that it's causing us to lose men and women of this nation. Now, after you, Brian, came home and uh, came off the battlefields, you went back in as a sheriff. I mean, you're also a law enforcement officer. Woulda, thank you for that service as well. You've been on the peacetime battlefields and the wartime battlefields. You know, you returned to that old job. What was it that you started noticing about your physical and mental health? The, the, the experiences revolving around the Vicodin, and the morphine, the Xanax, all the pills, you know, that they give you. So my focus you was a, on... You had a cocktail that was very violent. Yeah, that's a, and we call it the suicide cocktail. At least the, the clinical world calls it the suicide cocktail because that's literally what I was on was it's incredible that, that I was on these, these medications for as long as I was. You know, luckily for me, I mean, it was, uh, you know, identified early enough to where things didn't get so bad for me that that I started committing crimes and things like that. But that, I mean, that addiction, uh, you know, that self-medication and focusing on that, because that, that's where my mind was saying, there's nothing wrong with my head. It's all it's all uh, medical. It's all physical. Uh, when in fact it was, it was everything just kind of working together. The chemical imbalances in my head, the damage from the TBIs that I sustained coupled that with all the injuries, the physical injuries. I mean, it was, I was just on a pathway of destruction. Uh, and, and I, I started finding myself the only way that I can get happiness in my own head. Uh, and this was doing anything was pain meds. And so I found a way to just get my pain meds, make sure I kept getting extra, I would, I would go to work pretty much high on, on medication, on pain meds. And I would, I mean, it was just 
it, it almost just took over my life. Um, and then after that, after getting off of those, which we'll get into, I mean, it was, the, then it was the, the, the mental health side of it. And so that's a whole nother, you know, battle that I'm, I'm trying to fight all at the same time while providing for my family, be, being a, you know, a, a good cop to my community, uh, being a good reservist uh, to the army, you know, all these things that I'm trying to do. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting this internal battle that just, it, it, it ultimately took over my life and succeeded. Yeah, that's, uh, that's one of the things you and I both share. We've, and, and I know we shared this with many folks. I'm a suicide survivor as well. Um, was it more addiction on the you know, medicines? It was more of a uh, disconnect with society as a whole. You know, but we, we also have the commonality. We have this anger. We have the discontentment. We have this shame and this guilt. And somehow, you know, even if I hear your, your story correctly, you know, when you had to lean towards, you know, mental health issues and it became a suicidal cocktail. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That became your next demon on top of everything else. So how did you battle out of your addiction? That was uh that was a tough fight because it ended with uh, a suicide attempt. Uh, I, I quit cold Turkey while I had a doctor tell me that he's just not going to prescribe me anymore. I found myself going in and uh, going into ERs for the pain. Um, I've had kidney stones in the past and I kind of use that as an excuse. So here we go to that criminality behind the addiction. I'm now med seeking in, in different ERs uh, and, and all this had to do was catch up to me and I could have been criminally charged. Um, but it was just, it, it, I noticed it, that it was time. The doctor obviously told me it was time and I'd been on these things for, I mean, half a decade. So it was real difficult to get off, but I did it cold Turkey, probably the worst thing I could have ever done. Uh, as soon as I gave up, you go through the DTs, uh, sweats, flu. It was the worst feeling ever. Uh, and just, and I, I thought this is how life was when you don't take meds. And I didn't want to live hmm. that way. And so, yeah, so I, I, that was my first attempt as I, you know, tried to uh, hang myself with my belt. Uh, I ended up uh, passing out completely uh, after I got myself untangled. But, uh, yeah, that fight or flight kicked in, uh, you know, once I wrapped that, uh, that belt around my neck and I was just hanging there, um, swinging back and forth, trying to get my footing again. Uh, and then, I mean, luckily, cause I'm here today to talk about this stuff. Uh, I'll never wear a tie again. I'll never button my button up on the top button. I don't like things around my neck anymore. Uh, I mean, I almost choke the minute somebody has their hand on my shoulder. Uh, I have that, that reoccurring sensation from that day. Uh, and it's real tough, you know, to go throughout life like that, but you know, that's what I get to live with. Yeah. And then getting off completely and then going about six more months and I realized, okay, so I no longer have the DTs, but now I don't like who I am. I don't like oh, not being happy. I don't like challenge. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Inner conflict. Yep. And that's the, so then the new battle began the, the battle to address the mental illness. Uh, and once I realized that the roller coaster that my mind was on and I had no clue why uh, I, I tried to reach out at this point in time uh, to the crisis 
uh, line and, 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 you know, seek some help, some guidance. You know, there was nothing really that they could do because I wasn't currently in crisis. Uh, I, I saw the red flags at this moment in time and I was, I just didn't want to go back down that other path. And so the, the answer is always the same. It's, you know, you need to go get a mental health professional, uh, but there was really no follow-up and, you know, we're, we're going to talk about this, but that's the purpose of warrior now is to be that follow-up uh, for, for in between service and crisis. What are we doing? I, I continue yeah, down I that road. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I continued down that road. No, I ended up... Great segue. Okay, good, good. So one of the most important aspects of suicide prevention, as you're discussing with America today, is that mental health care for you needed to be at the forefront and not with a suicide cocktail per se, but particularly this is even true for the majority of that crisis or service to crisis moment. This is what I think you were living and learning yourself in this time. And then you decided, I would imagine because of warrior now, which we're going to expand on, became not only your rescue, but the rescue of thousands. Can you expand on Warrior Now? Talk to us about the organization, how it started, where is it at now? I love your partnerships you have developed. I think America needs to understand this and your interaction with the VA and Vet Center. And I'll give you another one. This is a long question, sorry. Are you seeing any trends and outcomes and lessons that you could share with us today? Brian, what's Warrior Now? Thank you for that. And this is, I mean, I, I love talking about Warrior Now. Uh, and, and really what it comes down to, it's all about the Warrior Now. What are we doing for ourselves today? And what I found in my experience, uh, and then talking with other folks who had the similar experience of suicide, was what they, they experienced from service to crisis. And how, what do they think? would help mitigate that, you know, that, that ultimate action of suicide. And, and for all of us, it was, it was pretty a resounding, you know, we need somebody that we can trust that we can talk to somebody that may or may not be clinical. So how do we do that though, without, you know, overstepping our bounds as a non-clinician, if you will. And, and really what it's, it's about is all of, our bets uh, out there, typically almost every single one of us has a buddy that we work with a buddy that we know is, is probably down on their luck or down on their mind. And, and we give them a little extra attention. We're already doing the work. We're just trying to give you the tools to do that work better. We have that buddy that we're working with that we know we don't want to go down that road. And that's why we answer our phone. That's why we text back. You know, that's why we send emails or whatever. We do pro-social and you know engagements, get them out of the house, play video games online, whatever it is that you're doing for that individual, you're doing it because you believe it's making an impact on that individual. And it is. Because at the end of the day, what we found was mixing non-clinical with clinical was a beautiful marrying, you know, almost the the the, the greatest prescription you could ever give. And so we did. We we partnered up with the VA, we partnered up with the Denver Vet Center. And we provide these recreational therapies where we get a VA therapist who comes out, oversees the rec therapy, and then Warrior Now brings out our our uh, mentors. And in between the time that you're seeing a therapist or the time that you do your, your group therapy or the time that you do your rec therapy, having access to somebody who's kind of been there, who, who's lived the life, has a tale to tell, somebody who you know you can trust somebody who's a vet um, for our family members, somebody who's a family member of a vet. You know, these are the things that we want to have in place and ready for, for our veterans as they transition out of the military. So having these, these mentors set up was really the, what we wanted to provide. What we found was this mentor program, when you mix it with a clinic, a clinician, it's almost like uh, the secret sauce, if you will, of suicide prevention. We have to do this together. We have to fight this fight mm. together. And that's what it comes down like. to. There's a lot of these organizations out here, you guys included, where we're, we're bringing some of the stuff to the forefront. So what are we 
doing and who's taking the action and having conversations like we're having today is really helpful to this fight. Being able to expand and being able to get that, that message out further, that's what's going to help this I, fight. So yeah, we started it with just I the mentor. What, what... We started with that mentor program uh, and then we partnered with our vet uh, VTCs, uh, veterans treatment courts. What, one of the things that happens typically to somebody in addiction is you, you tend to find yourself involved with the law. And, and I don't like that. I personally, you know, if there was a better way for us to be able to, to fight the, the addiction problem that's going on in America as a whole, you know, that's something that I'm, I'm definitely interested in. But how do we work with those who did finally, you know, commit criminal charges severe enough that they were arrested and, you know, they're facing major prison time. And that's where these veteran treatment courts come in. In lieu of major prison time, they'll take these vets, if you qualify, and they'll take a wide array of charges. As long as there was a mental illness diagnosis, doesn't have to be a component of the charge, just as long as there's a diagnosis. We'll go ahead and get you back in the treatment you need because the goal is, the idea is that if you had the treatment, maybe you wouldn't have committed the crime. Yeah, I think what you've done, and I love your new new uh, phrase there, and we should coin it right now, is the suicidal risk reduction. You know, I think you said cocktail or secret sauce. And secret sauce, I think you said. that. That's it. And, and and in order to enable that, what I'm hearing is, and, and you doing this, by the way, may seem easier, may seem hard. I don't know, but it is a standard of practice VA be isolated. I'm just saying that. For you to break that isolation within your area of operation, America and VA, and political leaders that are listening today, this can be done. Let the local communities like Brian Johnson work hand in hand with the VA, the vet centers, these veteran courts. Because the solution is simple. Reduction of suicide. We can't do it alone, just like Brian said. The individual can't do it alone. Why do we think we as uh, clinical folks can do it alone or nonprofits can do it alone? This is what's beautiful about Warriors Now. This is why Rick stated it should exist in every community across this great nation. And everyone on the line needs to know that crisis in America, one of our major operations is to get a community. And I believe Brian just answered our call together to execute, to help, to reestablish our veterans as they go through crisis from service to crisis. I would like to hear Brian and this was a beautiful story you, you mentioned last week when we were talking. The Daniel story is what I'm calling, or AKA Daniel's room. Can you tell us something about that? Addressing oh. America. This is something I'm very proud of. Um, you know, and this this is a story of addiction and suicide, and now a year sobriety. So, a year ago when when kind of the COVID the the close down the shutdowns kind of started to happen. Obviously, there's a, a, a call for for community. You know, we, we are professional isolationists and, and we are the only people that are going to get ourselves out of being an isolationist. And so having a veteran community virtually available to our vets, I mean, that's really what the goal was. So we started a room called the Buddy Check at the time, March 22nd, 2020. And we started it because Daniel... Um, a good friend of mine, but also a guy that was losing that battle with addiction and mental illness, losing the battle so bad that, you know, suicide became a, a reality for him. He couldn't stop drinking. 
and and that really took a toll on him his life his his relationships obviously anybody that that understands what alcoholism is not just going out for you know a couple of drinks but what alcoholism is because it's not a drink it's it, it's about how do i stay in that euphoric state 24 7 and that's where he was at he was waking up at five o'clock every morning to make sure that that buzz didn't didn't taper off uh, and he was staying pretty much intoxicated daily for close to like seven days at this point in time. So I told him, I said, let's do this seven o'clock. That's about the time that I can look at you. And I know that you're about, probably going to start drinking. That's, that's why I said seven o'clock. So we did it that at that time and it stuck. So we had witching this online... hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The witching hour. So we had this online buddy check started. Daniel didn't join for probably the first two weeks. And then when he finally did join, uh, he was joining drunk again. We were able to get him, uh, convince him to go to, to detox. He got clean for five days. He gets out. He, get, he goes right back to drinking. Finally, finally, three weeks after we get this thing going, um, he, he made that decision. And he goes for another detox program. And he, and he does quit drinking. The longest, Daniel's barely in his 30s. I want to say he's 30 or 31. Uh, the longest he's ever been sober was six months prior to this. Daniel had a problem with alcohol wow. dating back to his military service. I mean, he, he was, he got his first DUI when he was 19. Uh, he was a, a MP in the Marine Corps. At one point in time, if I'm not mistaken, he was actually doing roadside sobrieties while he himself was intoxicated. Oh my God. Daniel is a story of, of who we want to serve. And, and now Daniel's actually helping us serve. So Daniel ended up getting sober, and I can't remember what the exact date, but it was about two weeks ago now in April of 2020. And over the next few five, six months, he was he became an integral part of that buddy check that we do every night. We get vets from all over the country that join. Some vets that join in crisis, and we have a protocol to where we get you over to the crisis line, um, and we, we have a follow-up system set in place. Uh, so that way we can actually assist with that, give you a mentor and things like that. Um, but we have, uh, again, vets that come to us from all over the country and they just, they just want to be in a community of vets. We have judicially impacted vets. We have non-judicially impacted, honorable, dishonorable. We don't care who you are, your, your service, you, you raised your hand. And if, if mental illness or addiction played a role on your on, on your escape from the military or your escape from your civilian life to the military. And then it just got worse in the military. These are the things that we want to help uh, because that's the typical story is, you know, you're, you got a lot of Patriots, but you'd be shocked and surprised at how many people were escaping a, an abusive childhood to join the military for a better life. Amen. Only to be, you know, spit back out, put back into the same scenario that they left. And so that there's, we just didn't have a lot of tools to help out with these people. And, the, and these different experiences, but now we do, you know, now we can identify some of these things and, and, and that's where we're, we're trying to really help out. But back to the buddy check after Daniel was helping us out for so long, he, uh, it just made sense. I mean, we started it because of him. He's now getting his CAC, which is a certified addictions counselor. Uh, and he's helping out warrior now on the, on the mental health addiction side of it. Uh, it's just a pretty cool thing. So Daniel's a great guy. Daniel's room is our buddy check. And again, we do it every night, 1900 mountain standard time or just mountain time. Uh, and, and it's open to all our bets Sunday through Saturday. Uh, we had the combat vets motorcycle association sponsor us for a calendar year. And we're coming up on the end of that sponsor. So obviously we are looking for a new sponsor to keep us going for another calendar year. Man, what a great story. I love it. I love the personal, uh, emotional attachment you have to this and its creation of a Daniel room uh, based on a true warrior story. It's great stuff. Brian, we'll get to the end of the show. What is life for you now in 2021? America, I just want you, before you answer that question, America, just listen to what we said today. A clear, concise partnership, uh, same goals, same objectives, same vision, same mission, and we have warriors now doing that. You can do this too. Contact us for warriors now. 
Brian Johnson will always be a member of this team. Let him be a member of your team to show you how. Brian, your thoughts for your your, your future here uh, in 2021 and beyond. I love it. So thank you for that. In 2021, I'll tell you this. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of my um, memories so my dates are a little bit off and I don't have a, an actual date, but I, I've been sober off of pain meds for going on at least 11 years. Uh, I haven't tried to kill myself in about 10 years. I'm alive. I'm here for my family. I'm a dad. I'm a mm. husband. Love you. And I, I'm a mentor. Uh, and I also have a mentor. Uh, I'm a mentee as well. Um, I'm dedicated to service. I'm dedicated to, to keeping our veterans alive. Uh, I, I love to talk about this. I mean, just imagine a world where our veterans are living. What a great statement. Yeah. And I agree with you, Rick. Uh, if we can get this thing chaptered all across the nation, that's, that's the next step. I mean, I, I do honestly believe in the mission of Warrior Now. I do believe in what it what it has been able to do just over the last few years of, of it running. And, and the biggest piece of the success of our organization is partnerships. I didn't want to start another nonprofit. We have plenty of them out there. I just wanted to join another one. The problem that I found, though, is with our service, we were really dedicated to serving all veterans, regardless of era, regardless of discharge and regardless of discharge. Uh, I'm sorry, of criminal justice impact. We want to serve our justice-involved vets. We want to serve our dishonorably discharged vets. We just believe that there, there could be a reason why you had that. Let us help you get past that. You still served, so let, let's get you back on that straight and narrow if that's what it takes. Um, but, yeah, I, I would love to see this thing go you know, national. Obviously, we're, we're focused on the local level right now, and we really want to make an impact here in, in Colorado, which we are. We partnered with every single veteran streaming court. We've helped set up a veterans treatment court uh, on a municipality level. Uh, we provide mentors, training, education, and also the the therapies and, and um, state mandated classes. Oh, we, we cannot thank you enough for doing this, America. This is a story, a true story of a warrior going through his own demons and battlefields to a warrior who said enough's enough and to someone in his team who have stated that they are going to change things. Brian, it has been a pleasure having you on this show. You are truly making a difference in these trying times in American history. They really are tr trying times. I love it when you stated that. Wouldn't it be great to have these discussions without this crisis on our front burners? You know, let's put it backwards a little bit. Because regardless of our men and women in uniform dealing with mental illness, man, it's tough. The solutions and strategies you presented today are surely game changers. And they're exactly what this nation needs to break this vicious cycle we are in today. So to my congressional and senators, uh, congressional representative, House representative, senators, those secretaries, the Department of Defense and the Veterans Administration, Hear me loud and clear. We have an American hero here who started a program that is in coordination with the VA to make a change in this suicide risk that we have today. Reach out to them. Reach out to us. But don't forget Brian Johnson. And on behalf of Deborah, Rick, Jane, and our KGR team, we cannot thank you enough, Brian, for sharing today some very sensitive topics, but also the Warrior Now program. You know, according to the 2020 Executive Order number 13861, America, more veterans, guards, and active duty members and reservists die by suicide every year than those killed in action while serving in Iraq and Afghanistan. It hasn't stopped. Last month, Time Magazine re uh, released an article stating, and we've seen this before, 
that the U.S. military suicide rate has increased as much as 20% since the current global pandemic started. And we know the Army briefed that number even higher. You know, as stated before, we need, we need Brian Johnson. We need warrior now in every community. It's the right thing to do. We need to foster this environment and climate of prevention and protection to enhance, to enhance our nation. Take this crisis off the individual and the family by providing them a warrior now solution. You know, we can't count on DOD or the VA alone. No one can. Why put that pressure there? Why put that burden there when we know it's not working? Then we must search out nonprofits like Brian Johnson's Warrior Now. Brian, now that we know a lot about Warriors Now, can you give us your contact information? Yeah, thank you. And I'll just, the, the website's the easiest way to get a hold of us. Uh, it's the easiest way to register to become a mentor, join our buddy check. Anything you want to do with Warrior Now, just go to warriornow.org or warriornow.com. We'd love to have you a part of the Warrior Now team. We Obviously, we want more and more mentors. If you're already doing it, you're already doing the work, join us. Uh, we're just going to give you a little bit of training, and you continue to do what you do. Thank you so much. Thank you, your wife. And thank you, family. Just thank you for your patriotism and, and willing to deal with this you know, tragedy that we're seeing in America. I mean, I can hear your passion. I can hear your commitment. I can also hear your resiliency and power to overcome. And you, you made that loud and clear today. And I, I can't thank you enough for a great show, man. What we're trying to get to is that, you know, your word is one thing, your deeds the next. And we're looking for deeds. Yeah. Um, and, and then credibility, of course, and you're all over it, man. I'm, I'm just humbled to be here today, you know. And, and where this show goes is where your program goes. You're always invited to the show. Um, this is a long term relationship with all our guests and in fact we're having a summit in the middle of may why we do what we do so we don't end today and this is a lifelong partnership we won't see you anymore we may call you back to the summit that's coming up because when do they want to hear the summit well the summit's all about veteran suicide you know this is the one of the largest mental health summits uh, virtual in, in the nation and I looked at their agenda, and there's not one thing about veterans. And, and not one. Again, I believe all things come around to, to people and relationships and partnerships that once they heard our story, and our story is America's story. It's your story, Brian. It's Michael's. It's, it's Patrick Henry. It's Mr. Presley. You know, all Presley Stutz. All, all of the people that we've had on the show for the last year, and to be number one in that slot, only gets our message out to everybody. Some people don't realize that, that their local impact is state and national level influencing. I just, uh, I believe in you and I can't believe uh, some things are coincidence, some things are God moments. I'm thinking this one borders in that God moment. Yeah, thanks everybody. Thank you, Brian. Reach out, America. It will save a veteran in your community. If you or someone you know is in need of help, the suicide prevention line is free, it's confidential, and it's available 24-7. And they can be reached at 1-800-237-8255. I state again, 1-800-237-8255. Until next week, if no one has told you they love you today, let me tell you that I love you. Stay strong, stay vigilant, and stay connected. And God bless our veterans. God bless our military. God bless our first responders. And God bless the United States of America and old glory. And I quote, you are given this life because you are strong enough to live it. The mission of TAPS. TAPS provides comfort, care, and resources to all those grieving the death of a military loved one. Since 1994, TAPS has provided comfort and hope 24-7 through a national peer support network 
and connection to grief resources, all at no cost to surviving families and loved ones. TAPS provides a variety of programs to survivors nation and worldwide. Their National Military Survivor Seminar and Good Grief Camp has been held annually in Washington, D.C. over Memorial Day weekend since 1994. TAPS also conducts regional survivor seminars for adults and youth programs at locations all over the country, as well as retreats and expeditions around the world. Staff can get you connected to counseling in your community and help you navigate benefits and resources. If you are grieving the loss of a fallen service member, or if you know someone who can use our support, the TAPS 24-7 National Military Survivor Helpline is always available toll-free with loving support and resources at 1-800-959-8277. Again, 1-800-959-8277. If you are here because our mission to care for the families of America's fallen heroes speaks to you as well, TAPS welcomes you to connect with us about giving voluntary professional engagement or careers. TAPS is a national nonprofit 501c3 veteran service organization and is not part of or endorsed by the Department of Defense. To contact them again, call 1-800-959-8277. Thank you for listening to Crisis in America PTSD. All veterans, first responders, or potential guests, we would love to hear from you. Please email your comments to Colonel Mike Brown. That's brown.mike734 at gmail.com. Once again, brown.mike734 at gmail.com.